Bobby, when your father told me this, you were a very long way from where you are today. Somehow he knew that it would all turn out well. Hello again, friends. Welcome to a damn fine podcast. This is the show that revisited and reanalyzed and is now enjoying Twin Peaks, The Return. I'm Tom Merritt. With me, of course, is Ron Richards. Hello, Tom. I did not know what to expect tonight, but wow. Wow is kind of a regular refrain <laughs> between Ron and I but what's funny uh, is, when what's we're funny, setting up our Skype to record these. What's funny is the, the, the word wow can have different meanings, like two, like two completely different things. And that's why yeah. Twin Peaks is so wonderful. Two different kinds of wows. <laughs> and, and I have a theory about where we're going now yeah. after seeing tonight's episode uh, that, I, that I think makes me feel really, really good about the rest of the season. But before we get there, uh, let's bring in our guest, Nicole Spagnolo of Ladies of Leet Podcast and producer and sometimes uh, appearing on the wood whisperer how's it going nicole hey guys i'm doing pretty great got to watch twin peaks when it aired initially usually i'm a a couple days behind but i'm uh but we we got we lit, lit a fire under you and made you watch it <laughs> you really did you really did I was like, honey you gotta put the kids down because i have i have homework. i have a job i have a job to do <laughs> <laughs> and it's to watch this television show yeah it's the best job in the world so oh my gosh. I know you're excited to be on the show, and and we've talked Twin Peaks in other arenas over the years, even. Yeah. Uh, but let us know, like, when did you first start watching the show? Why did you get into it? You know, tell us a little bit about your personal Twin Peaks history. So I was real. I was thinking hard about this because when it came out, I was 14, mm-hmm. and I did not watch it when it first came out. I knew of it, and I knew it was like really weird, and it intrigued me. But it was that kind of thing where. You, if you weren't watching it, it, it wasn't necessarily something like a sitcom. You just watch a sitcom and get into it. Yeah. yeah. So it was something that I just kind of kept there, and I was like, you know, I would really like to watch that show, but I never got into it. Um, and I think it was David Lynch's movies that I got into first. So when Firewalk with Me came out, I watched that. Um, I remember watching. Mulholland Drive and uh, what was the one with uh, Nicolas Cage and Wild at Heart, Wild at Wild Heart, at, yeah. and, and Blue Velvet. I mean, those were my those were my intros into David Lynch land. So you watched Firewalk with me before you saw the series. Yeah, you wow. watched and you experienced it in chronological order. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I was thinking about was, when did I really start watching Twin Peaks? It was in I think two thousand. Six or seven when oh, wow. the DVDs came out, and uh-huh. I watched. I started watching. I watched the first season with my mom. <laughs> we were like, I was like, oh my god, I love this. And my mom's like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and then I didn't finish it the second season until I was pregnant with my second child. I was like in bed and it was it was all streaming, um, and I just kind of binge watched it all. So I'm relative. It's funny because I love Twin Peaks, like, but I'm pretty new to that world and, and kind of piecing it all together and, and all that, which I'm, I'm fascinated with. (laughs) So, well, and that's one of the things that I think is so cool about the range of guests we've been able to get on this show is that we have gone from people who, who watched it as, as, as a teenager, you know, this is almost your story, Ron, of like, yeah. you know, sne- sneaking around and watching it, even when your parents maybe didn't want you to watch it, all the way to Rob Reed, who had never watched it until this year. Oh, and wow. it doesn't matter how old you were or at what point you get into it, people still get sucked into it and really love it. Yeah. And I, I just knew I liked David Lynch and I, I knew, uh, like, I knew of that Twin Peaks world and I, I probably had caught like a couple episodes of it, but you know, when you don't watch it in sync mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't kind of click with me to, and, and back then, you know, there wasn't DVDs. You couldn't just get the whole season on DVD. It was very hard. Right. Yeah. The, all those VHS tapes were just very unwieldy. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for streaming cause that's really kind of what got me back into it and, and watching it. And as, oh. and as as we are now at the halfway point of Twin Peaks: The Return, how are you feeling about this season? I I I love it. <laughs> I'm in so I'm I look at every episode as like what was the 
code and what's what's the significance of that like what's that speck of dirt what does that what does that mean <laughs> so it's like to me i'm just like fascinated with how david lynch and mark trying to create symbolism and Sometimes I feel like I'm looking for things that probably aren't there. Yeah, but I, I like I. That's you know de- what I mean? That's definitely something that's going on. I know that we all. I mean, we, I know I've fallen for it, Tom. I'm sure you've fallen for it. Is that mm-hmm. like it's almost like hyper viewing? Where like I'm literally watching on the edge of my couch, trying like I don't want to miss a thing. I've got closed captions on. Like I've got like I'm looking for every little kind of thing. And sometimes in doing that, it gets in the way. It doesn't get in the way of enjoying it. But you also, I find I, I, myself sometimes. I miss things because I'm yeah. so trying not to miss anything, you know? Because you're looking at that piece of paper in yeah. the background of the shot to see if it has any important information on it. Yeah, exactly. totally. There's a few well, moments like that on this episode. I'm like, yes. okay, significant well, that. Before we talk in detail about this episode, the one thing that I think is starting to become clear to me, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who are like, duh, Tom, I knew this three episodes ago, but I feel like what Lynch has been doing is forcing us to learn a new vocabulary mm-hmm. uh, about this world and bring slowly in pieces of both Firewalk with me and the television series and it's like he's we're seeing a very fuzzy version of a picture and as we get closer to the end it's coming into sharper view and right. and I, I've speculated on this before on the show that that we're getting going to see more and more connections between things and we're definitely seeing that but also we're getting pieces of Twin Peaks on this episode and and on part seven that really felt more like the original series and they're starting to tie in more to these other parts that we are learning yeah. and I think I feel like the aim I'm not going to speak for David Lynch but the aim feels like it could be by the end of this, you'll not only feel like you've really taken a journey and returned to Twin Peaks, but it will be a fuller, richer Twin Peaks because David Lynch made you learn all of these other parts of the story that you didn't have before. Interesting. I I see that, yeah. I mean, I have so many aha moments. Even after watching the episode, I really enjoy like listening to your podcast. I go on... YouTube, I just, I like kind of just hearing the theories and really kind of getting deep, you know, reading the secrets of Twin Peaks and getting deeper and deeper. And it's like, he's letting people immerse them. We're being immersed in these, in this world. So... Yeah, and, and 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 I think yeah, and I think picking up on the on the word the return, you know, because I th- I feel like you know in in the last two episodes, Tom, at least when we've been talking about it, you know, I, I've kind of been leaning on the return. It's really the return of Cooper, but I think you're right. It's the return to Twin Peaks. It's not only we're returning there, Cooper's returning from the Black Lodge, but Albert and Gordon are going to return there at some point, right? Like you mm-hmm. you you know they they you know for the first time I think in this entire uh, season we've heard you know Albert said the words Twin Peaks, you know, like it was yeah. you know like it. It's it's starting to clo- the not the walls are starting to close in, but it's starting to you know all signs are kind of pointing there. And the I like gravity that. of Twin Peaks is starting to pull on people a little. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I like that as a I mean it, it's a good title because that's so much is going on, and we the viewers as well is also returning. So um and and you're and again you're starting to you know like moving away from the little the, the diversion of episode of part eight of episode eight you know with the with the with the woodsman and the black and white and all the insanity um and the awesomeness um you know like you're getting little touches like we're getting like remember when this all first started i was complaining that there, that there was no music that it was so quiet and, yeah and even yeah, yeah. In, in this episode uh we got a little touches of jazz here and there and little kind of quirky yep. things and it, it's starting to creep in i think you might be right tom yeah because if we returned in episode one yeah. then for 18 episodes we'd be like okay now what Right. Uh, so, you know, it's it's good to 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 lead us on this journey. So we feel like we're actually returning. Uh, and and last episode, you know, it took my thick skull a week to really start to understand what I was being told because it was very symbolic and very mythological. Whereas this week, it's almost too much direct information. Like, right. he, here's here's a piece about Major Briggs. Here's a piece about Cooper. Here's a piece about Mr. C. Like, they, they threw all kinds last, of stuff. Well, I kind of missed the last episode. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm back in this world now. Oh, yeah. wait. Careful what you <laughs> wish for, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it was funny because, you know, we were so into that black and white world and it was like, 
oh, like it just took you in and almost hypnotized you, yeah. you know? And so to come right back into Twin Peaks, I was just like, I felt a little weird, you well, know, yeah, like it was right. It, I wasn't in the right show for a minute. Well, that, that was that. And now, so now we'll, we're going to transition to call. It's been great to get to know you, but we're going to transition to the episode now. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, I'm really excited to but, talk about. But I, I was really, I, I was really curious about where we go after that part. And I don't know if it's because of part eight and it's been there the whole time and we haven't noticed it or whatnot, but, and maybe, maybe I'm again, maybe I'm reading too much things into it. But as I was watching the opening credits um do you know you know how the opening the opening intro with the with the fantastic angelo battlemente music right mm-hmm. um and it it opens up on a shot of woods and the superimposed photograph of laura and there's a a what i assume to be a photoshop-esque jj abrams-esque lens flare that moves from the right to the left but mm-hmm. tonight for the first time when i looked at it i was like oh that's kind of a goldish orb-like shape, mm. and I, I had not thought of that. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I don't know, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or if that is there on purpose. You know, especially after seeing last last uh, the last episode, right? So right. We're, we're looking at things. I'm looking at things differently, but like seeing that now has new meaning after the last part. And then, of course, this episode would open up. Uh, with Mr. C, right? Because I feel like that's where last episode really ended off, right? Like what happens to Mr. C? So I, I as soon as it, as soon as it, as soon as I saw you know Mr. C back walking along the the uh, you know the 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 road to the farm. Shoot! I, I was oh, just shoot! Like, uh, you just accidentally said something that that sparked a thought. Oh, I mean, because literally, where we end the last episode is the woodsman. Yeah. Walking off <sighs> into the mist. You're right. And this one begins with Mr. C walking out of the woods. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so, mm. the transition worked for me, at least, into this part, into yeah, this yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Though it did seem like he got to the farm pretty fast. Well, I and feel I like was, they were there already. I, I feel like they were, like, well, on, they were on their way. <laughs> then where was, um, what's his face that shot him? Well, he drove off. He drove off in the opposite Yeah, he direction. drove off somewhere else. We yeah. don't know where he is. I thought yeah. he was he because he was talking to Phillips, right on the right. phone. Jeffries, yeah, yeah. Philip Jeffries. Um, and I thought he said he was gonna f- get him at the farm. Well, maybe maybe Phillips gonna be showing up at the farm shortly. Who knows? Well, I I, uh, I, gotta, I gotta say I was glad to finally see Tim Roth because he's somebody I've been waiting for on the show. Uh, Hutch, well, yeah, he, yeah, and then not only Tim Roth but also uh, was was who uh, was that uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as well. Yep. yep, sure was. Yep, some some some. She gave him a bag of Cheetos. Was it a bag of Cheetos or was I think it? It was a bag of Cheetos. For, for it a moment, like a bag of Cheetos. For a moment, I, I was I was wondering if that was a bag of corn. <laughs> right, because that that would that would make more that would make a little more sense. But I, I don't a bag know what of cream it, corn. Yeah, well, I don't, not cream <laughs> corn. But I, I, yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah. I'm like, why she give him a but in her Cheetos? back in her back pocket? It's so significant, right? Yeah. Like she yeah. touched, she patted it too. Like, yeah, this is important. <laughs> I love the I love the idea of this bizarro, violent mini army that Mister C has cultivated. Um, yeah, you know, like it, like yeah. this is the you know like the this is it might be a bag of that he coordinates uh, using a three G Alcatel one touch flip phone T nine T nine back in the day like again, <laughs> again this continues there were several moments of David Lynch's uh, bizarre relationship with technology when especially when when Diane was on the plane and went to use her cell phone and it was just a black screen with a red block and white letters that says blocked. <laughs> yeah, but the sat the, but the but the big blocky satellite phone worked just fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they said that the farmers were asleep, that meant they were dead, right? Yes, because the t- the people like were just kind of like laying they on the sure side. Sure, did look like they were resting comfortably, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> They're dead. But yeah, no, I got the sense that they came in and they killed the people who own this farm yeah. and they they were operating yeah. out of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, and then before he he has his phone shot, uh, he calls the storyteller from Once Upon a Time in Las Vegas and uh, tells him <laughs> to get started. Uh, no, he's, uh, he says, so, "Is it done yet?" And he says, "Not yeah, yet." He said, "Is it yeah. done?" Yeah, right. He yeah. doesn't tell him to get started. He, he tells asks if it's done. He said, "It better be the next time I call, but not from this phone." Because so I'm do about you think to that's killing Dougie? Yes. Well, I don't know because then he tells Hutch and Chantel to kill the warden, and yeah. then. He's got a double header in Vegas, and I feel like that's Dougie and and Janie. Or is it this guy? 
Is it the guy, the the storyteller from Once Upon a Time? Because he's not getting the well, work done. He's not a doubleheader. No. Well, one of two. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. Dougie and that guy. We, yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or 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 who knows? Or the fact, or you know, like like it could oh, be so, it could be so many like him him already anticipating he's got to clean up whatever mess is going on in Vegas. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but I I thought that was a big like oh okay so we didn't know who that guy in the office was reporting to. He's been reporting to Mr. C. Well, and I assume that what what he what he was doing is getting Ike the spike to kill Dougie, yes. and that's why he said it's not done yet because yeah. Ike didn't get it done. Right. Right. Yep. Also, we find out in the uh, in the sheriff or the uh, in the police station that Dougie had a car accident. Yeah. In his past, and he hasn't been right since, which kind of helps explain why people didn't catch on to his weird behavior faster if he's had yeah. past episodes of catatonia, maybe, or just weird behavior. Yep. But thankfully, Janie E. wants to take him to the hospital, finally. The the thing with the cops and the inside jokes, and I'm like, so what about the guy with the plier, Australian guy with the plier? Like, they set these jokes up sometimes. And they do those long three shots of the three of them standing there. It reminds me of the Diane Keaton episode of Twin Peaks. And and when they start long shots of the weird people sitting at the bar and stuff. And when they're starting to play, when they started to play the little jazz beat as the three of them walked out the door together Uh in in single file, right? Like, like I feel like they're cultivating, again, like, if you remember back with Fire Walk With Me, how that was, you know, the, the, uh, Deer Park or whatever the where uh, the the mm-hmm. the the opposite Twin Peaks where the you know the non helpful sheriff station whatever I feel like Lynch is cultivating each kind of police station having their own little identity and mm-hmm. this one built around these three guys like the 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 three detectives meeting with um with Dougie's boss was like oddly contentious mm-hmm. yeah. like I, I was I felt, I, I felt like his boss wanted to punch him yeah like, no he, he did yeah yeah speed. which we know he's an ex-boxer so you got the sense that he he was being protective of Dougie and and not you know like but the thing is like what do these cops have against Dougie like clearly like this isn't you know, he's the victim here um but yeah I, I it was that that was an interesting scene both in terms of tone and then also giving us exposition that we have been dying for in this regard <laughs> Uh, yeah, Finally nothing on getting his prints to, to confirm yep. he's not Dougie. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and that was funny too. Is that that they 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 run all the information on Dougie and come back and say that there's you know nothing on this guy past twenty years, like nineteen ninety seven, and then he exists. No social security number, no anything that we all know. It's be, or we believe you know it, it, we we're theorizing that it's because Mister C manufactured him and just mm-hmm. created him. But to them, they jump to the witness protection program conclusion, which is like, oh, in the real world that's what that would answer that's what you would think yeah (laughs) also it's it's not immediately after cooper comes out of the the lodge yeah like this this implies that dougie was created much later yeah like at least five years later if not more and then how how mean is david lynch to give you that long close-up on cooper's face and you think, oh, he just had the coffee. We're finally going to see a glimpse. I don't expect much, but we're going to see a glimpse. And all it is is him recognizing the electrical outlet. Well, no, not but you're the but flag. The flag, exactly, right? Yeah. Well, but, it starts with the flag, and then it's the red shoes, and then it's the electrical outlet. But yeah, <laughs> teasing us, teasing us. Oh. The, Dougie is the tease. Oh. He definitely is toying, toying with the audience on that stuff. So, yeah. see, he knows what you want. He's just. Taking a sweet time to give it to you. So Nicole, where do you where do you stand on the controversial topic of Dougie? I've had enough of Dougie. Um, <laughs> I think we've all had enough of Dougie. I'm he, still Dougie. I'm still pro on pro Dougie team. So I'm I yeah. still yeah. <laughs> I've oh, moved why past would you pro Dougie because that's Cooper. We know what's Cooper. No, I know. I know, but I've I've like the slow ease into Cooper. He's with enjoying the long drawn out return of Cooper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I've gone past being frustrated with Dougie. Now I'm just patiently waiting. I've, I've gotten into my, my dentist, uh, waiting room mode with Dougie. I'm just like, okay, here we go. You know, I, Dougie doesn't bother me. I I'm ready for it to, to move forward though, because there's so many characters that, that David Lynch keeps kind of presenting to us that I'm like, okay, let those seem like really interesting characters. Let's really get in. Like Dougie is boring to me. Like I feel bad for his kid. Like, I mean, think about the life that this big guy created and the hole that he's going to leave when Dale Cooper becomes himself. So those two are also creations. 
his wife and, and son. I think. I don't, I, I don't even know. It's all a dream. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Dougie is just one big long Mister Mibbler. Is what Dougie is. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't even think he's one long big Mister Mibbler. Because as much as don't get me wrong, as much as I want him to be a Del Mibbler, Del Mibbler, <laughs> Del Mibbler lived and breathed and existed in Twin Peaks. That's how, like, we see the path of how Gordon and Albert and Diane figure out where Cooper really is. Right. I, I at least I'm, so, I'm guessing. You know, that's what we, we go straight from from that into just a standalone Lucy and Andy uh, classic bit. Uh, over buying a chair, which Nicole, I'm curious if you agree with this. I feel like is a template for every married person argument. That's true. I was watching it going, what the hell? What is going? Oh, yeah, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, I can see that happen. It, it's almost like David Lynch reminding us the mundane still happens in this world. Yeah. You know, things, just normal stuff is still happening. So I feel like that's a kid kind of just creating a touchstone to normalcy, which is like, which is which is like war, like nice. Like I had a big smile oh, on my totally, face during yeah. that scene. Yeah, Me like too. Was, like this idea of like they're they're you know they're arguing over the chair, they're going back and forth, and finally Andy relents and you know, they're arguing over the color of the chair, and Andy relents and says he just wants to make her happy, so get the color you want. And she goes okay, and then she buys the color he wants, and she can't even yeah. contain herself. She's got to look at well, him. They love each know? other. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's, that's like the picture of true love yeah. and like when you kind of have your little back and forths and then, you know, you keep doing nice things for each other. Yeah. So, but so, so, but, but it was sweet. before we move on though, before that mm. scene, the transition from Vegas after the cops captured Ike the Spike, which was a nice kind of little wrap up to that, you know, that we saw they got him. <laughs> um, we got we we tend to focus a lot on the story and what's going on and trying to figure stuff out. And I know we've had some people comment on this. The cinematography and that shot of the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Station, starting off with the shot of the pine trees with the sunset light coming through, oh, yeah. and then the yeah, slow yeah. pan down, like that, like I gasped. I was like, "Oh, what a beautiful shot!" Like that was like th that really jumped out at me as as okay, yeah. This you know, Lynch knows what they're doing with a camera, you know, like it's just like and and the thing is like even setting that. Sun sunbeams going through the pine trees into the sheriff's department, leading into the Lucy Andy. Like here's a little bit of sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and our shots of the sheriff's department have been getting lighter and yes. lighter. Yeah. Over the uh, course of the episodes. Yeah. Um, then we go from lighter to, uh, at the risk of quoting Elder Barge, who's Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been we've we've been wondering well we've been wondering where Johnny Horn has been. Is that Johnny Horn? Yes, it was Johnny Horn. Okay. Yep. Is it? Remind me again. I don't recognize him without his Indian chief headdress on. I guess. Oh, Johnny. So Johnny Horn, you know the the son of Ben Horn, right? Who's who's I don't know how to. Is Johnny dead? No. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. That he just knocked himself oh, no. out. I think Johnny died. That shot was bad. Like I was, I was trying to figure out exactly what happened to him. You know, like you know, because he, so he, so basically, he gets. We just see a house, and we hear, you know, running back and forth, and someone let and, him out. Someone and, let him out. Yeah, and a woman says, "Who let him out? Who let him out?" And then it leads to, you know, kind of a big crash. And and then we get then she the woman runs and finds him. And we see Johnny laying on the ground, and it looks like his eye is bleeding. I, yeah. or something I don't know. looked at me. So yeah, so, but he was so that was next to a. Okay, sorry. I, I was gonna say that was that was definitely Johnny Horn because in the credits it is it is listed as Johnny Horn and Sylvia Horn is his mother and he's mm -hmm. uh, played by Eric Rondell. So like it it is absolutely okay. Johnny Horn. So yeah, got it. To the Twin Peaks Falls, right? Yes. The picture of it, yeah, yeah. on the wall. Yeah. And didn't right. the house seem like it was really empty? Like I don't know, it was. Well, I it guess maybe it was institutional. Shot. Like maybe, yeah, right? maybe this is a you know a home for people. Well, but it's but it's Sylvia. It's Sylvia Horn yelling it. So my guess is that well, is she might have been visiting, or maybe yeah. she works there. It or look, I don't it know. It did look yeah. very not lived in. It did look very yeah. like kind of. Maybe he just knocked himself out. Then. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. All right. I hope so. Dead to me. <laughs> I hope Johnny ain't dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we go to. What I think now is my favorite scene of this entire uh, return so far, uh, which is Mrs. Briggs 
not being this, this is a much more mature and world weary Mrs. Briggs, who's been living uh, and keeping her family on her own since the major disappeared or died, depending on how you look at it, uh, mm-hmm. who's proud of Bobby and doesn't have to worry about him anymore and is able to almost log lady like uh, deliver some important information to Bobby Hawk and Sheriff Truman, uh, giving them a small metal container that was held in the chair, which is from the description of this show, this is the chair. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how you guys felt, but the way she described it, the way Bobby talked about the conversation, this scene had more Don Davis in it than I could have imagined possible. Yes. A lot. Like I was hearing his voice in my head. I was feeling his rhetoric. Uh, all those scenes from the first couple seasons where Bobby has these emotional moments with him just came back to me. And there was music under this entire scene. Yep. This scene, this scene was wonderful. It, yeah. was, it was just this, this was everything that you want, like that I want. Like this is, we're talking about how part seven had the return to Twin Peaks. This continued that. Like to have Don Davis present with us, channeled through his wife, and and tying and this began the establishment of Bobby as Major Briggs's legacy, right? Yeah. Which I love, which is great, which is like going back to the visions Major Briggs had in 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 the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, with dealing with those great touching scenes with Bobby and all that sort of stuff. Like it continued that emotional beat. Way like I did not expect it. I thought it was great. Well, it also feels like we were getting some finally some answers on yeah like what he was doing like everything's so secret <laughs> secret secret i'm like oh what's in that tube and then and they I, were like yeah we can't get it open <laughs> yeah well I, I i think what's been frustrating me is that i wanted this i wanted these connections to the characters that i spent so much time with and mm-hmm. david lynch has been telling me no you don't <laughs> you you're you you think you do but you i need to give you these other things and then you'll be happy by the end. Trust me. And so you you kind of it's an exercise in trust in the auteur to to just sit back and say, OK, fine. And and I'm really glad that he's giving us we've had a few scenes like this, but this is the best one so far where it's like, don't don't worry. I am going to make these connections for you because this is what I've been hoping for. Whether you realize it or not, I'm going to put them in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I it was I always like when Bobby's on scene. I always feel like he's just a, he gives it that extra little oomph. Yeah, <laughs> it's that it's it's it's, it's, that, it's that tie back to the original to the to the first yeah. you know to the to the original so TV awful. series. Yeah, exactly. Like Bobby has been. You know, like when they when when Hawk was reopening the the case and going through the stuff, and Bobby saw the picture of Laura and got all choked up. You know, and now here. As his mother is saying that his his father never you know always believed in him and saw this for him where he would be today that you know kind of choked up look that he had like I feel like yeah, Bobby's yeah. role in this is to be choked if up. You, <laughs> if you think about it, Bobby's really our only kind of main connection to Laura, and Laura has been right. like really the catalyst for this show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Cooper never met Laura. Well, yeah. Well, he met her in the lodge, right? But but yeah, Bobby Bobby knew Laura alive. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I think that's probably why I like Bobby's Bobby being in the scenes is because it it kind of brings it back to Laura more for me. Yeah, and then the the sequence with the opening the metal container uh, is so Twin Peaks. Like that that just reminds me of the Tibetan method right there. Like it doesn't make any sense that you'd have to bounce it and listen to a tone and then bounce it again, but who cares? Like Mm -hmm. I, I loved that. Uh, the, the mystical pieces of paper with Jack rabbit's palace and the instructions and major Briggs having anticipated that Bobby would get this message and understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the two Coopers, you know, being a tip off that we're all in the audience shouting, yes, there are two Coopers. We know. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that was. I mean, just just the, the the fact that Major Briggs becomes such such an integral part of this story now. Yeah, you know? and like, and in the first two seasons, we saw him kind of come in and out, and we got senses and nonsenses. He was a connection with Project Blue Book and all the sort of stuff and the 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 Cooper Cooper message and all that. You know, but you know, but going back to like, I really wonder if we're gonna find out about the aviator costume. You know, like clearly right. clearly Major Briggs spent a lot of time in the lodges and right because. 
because then because then there's not only Bobby, there's also the guy Hastings yes. talking about entering the zone and meeting the major uh, and and how the major said he was hibernating there and wanted important numbers, which are coordinates which Ruth wrote on her hand. Uh, and then he says Cooper twice again right mm -hmm. before he di disappears. We talk about other people killing Ruth. So I'm like, is that the woodsman or is that mm -hmm. the lodge people? Well, yeah, right. He said there was a lot of them, and it was yeah. like they were all of a sudden there. That Maybe scene, it's the trash zombies. That scene, with, ha that scene with Hastings was so mind-blowing. That was my favorite scene. Yeah. That was my favorite scene of, of the episode. But well, can I just say I had a huge aha moment? Uh -huh. I did not connect at all when they kept saying Briggs, Briggs, for this body. I didn't realize that was... It just wasn't getting through your head. You're it like, no, that can't like, be him. It did not. Like, yeah. he finally just hit me over the head and say, no, just in case you didn't get it. Let's <laughs> do what it is. And I'm like, thank you. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe it took this long for me to connect. Well, it's a body of a 40-year-old man. Yeah. So, And that's about the age that Briggs was when he disappeared or died in yeah. the right. fire. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just it's it, it was just like the fact that Briggs becomes the, the 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 focal point, and then we were wondering through the first part, the first eight parts, how Matthew Lillard as as William Hastings and that murder, how that was connected to all this, right? And then Here to, we go, and then to yeah, then then when when Agent Preston you know questions him, which is a very long scene. Um, and you know, and, and I'll give Matthew Lillard credit. Like he's, he was in the screen movies. He's, he's had, he hasn't had the, 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 he's not, he's not an Oscar winning actor here, but the, the hysterical crying and, and the sloppy, wet crying, the he's sloppy, good wet crying combined with his grief over, uh, his, the, the librarian lover dying and him being accused of killing her. They were going to go to the Bahamas. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was your, but, then, I mean, but then the ability, drink mixed drinks, the ability to drop in the information that had all of us, I presume I, I was all of us gasping yeah. about the yeah, fact yeah. that they went, they, they found the door to the lodge and they didn't mm -hmm. even realize it. So now I'm going to blow you. I'm going to blow your guys' minds. Because they talk about how, uh, you know, William Hastings and, and Ruth the Librarian, they had a website or whatever called The Search. If you go to thesearchforthezone.com. Uh-huh. Awesome. It is there. And, uh, and, and, and it better be. And, and it is done in fantastic 90s style web page glory, even with the little, the little Netscape and inter Please tell me there's a MIDI. <laughs> no, there's no <laughs> MIDI. There's a bunch there's a bunch of wave files and they have little animated GIFs that kind of that, that look like waves. And um but at the bottom of it there Site are site created with notepad. Yeah, exactly. The, what does it say? It says the right way, right? And the, the campaign, the against, campaign frames. against frames. <laughs> but um um, and and the thing is that this is all directly like if you hit the donate button and click on yeah, donate it, it, it loads up a uh, a window to buy the Twin Peaks soundtrack and like if you if you there's a link to go see his older journal entries and that goes to it loads some staticky imagery and starts playing the Twin Peaks theme song so it's clearly a marketing kind of thing but great like kind of connection but what I did yeah. notice at the bottom of it is that at the very bottom in black ink um in black text is a bunch of coordinates uh -huh. oh yeah look at that yeah. Now, have you popped those into? I was waiting till we talked about it. And, into Google Maps, and it is, and it loads. Look to, out, Mountain Road. Look out, Mountain Road. I'm zooming out. Let's see where that is. That is along Interstate, Interstate 90, 90, North in, Spearfish, in near South Dakota. Aha! Uh -huh. So it's it's by a little by a little north of Deadwood, a little west of Sturgis. Uh, wow! Yeah, so it's somewhere in South Dakota. So is that a little north of Deadwood? Is that a jab at HBO? Do you think? Yeah, maybe. So, but remember, <laughs> do you, I, was it on last week's episode, Tom? I think when we were speculating, did I throw out the idea that maybe there are other entry points to the lodges? Right, right. And this would just be north sense. of the Black Hills National Forest. Yes. Yeah. So like so yes, Glastonbury Grove at Twin Peaks is the entrance to a lodge that we know about. But mm -hmm. did William Hastings and Ruth the Librarian find another spot? And is there another spot in Vegas maybe or in Rancho yeah. Rosa? New Mexico. You know? Yeah, exactly. New Mexico possibly. <clears throat> yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Like like so. This this whole this episode is like a mind blowing. Like oh my god, it's all connected and it's all gonna work and like crazy. Yeah, but the other connections are just on the other side of Interstate 90. So you've got two right there north of Deadwood and Sturgis. Yep. We did forget to, to bring up one one thing that I was really happy 
to see. Um, Chad, I do not like <laughs> oh, Chad. Chad's the worst. Oh God! I, and I really, I just him just seeing there feeding his face. I was like, oh. No, well, well, no, no, this Chad. Is, so Chad, Chad eating his lunch in the conference room after being told that he's not allowed to, but then. <laughs> Chad gathering everything up, and um, it reminded me of Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer, where he just like, ah, he's like annoyed by he has to do it, and then then Hawk, he's eating, he's eating sloppy. Yeah, exactly. he's got two microwave dinners and pudding, <laughs> uh, and he's just so he's so reprehensible. David Lynch is going so far to make us just hate Chad. What is in store for Chad? I, I am so know, intrigued. But- yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> He's the worst. Uh, but yeah, no. And then I love I love Hawk not opening the door for him. And, you know, yeah. like it was just like, and they have to open the window because it smells clearly. And like, yeah. <laughs> all the, all now, the Twin Peaks scenes were great. All the Twin Peaks. Yeah, scenes they were really fantastic. were. They really were. And, yeah. and, and the other thing we found out this this was actually in the morgue scene. Uh, with uh, Cole and, and Albert, uh, there was a ring in Briggs stomach with the inscription to Dougie love Janie E. Mm-hmm. Now that's the one thing where I just don't understand. Like I, I like okay. I, I stopped right? and I was like, like, what? <laughs> now remember they also said this is not the first time that DNA for Briggs has shown up. Right. right. So what has been going on with the pieces of major Briggs body? Yeah. Hmm. Do you think it has something to do with how Dougie was created? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it and feels is there like there a real Dougie, Dougie. Doug. Yeah, that's the thing. Because the Dougie that went into the lodge, he had the um, the owl ring on. Right. Right. And right. I assume that's how he was created. Like the evil coop kind of took a slice of himself and yeah, yeah. created it from him. But yeah, I don't know. That's weird. There's a weird connection I mean, i'm sure we'll, again i'm sure we, we'll find out the, the 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 twin peaks you know nature of gi- giving us answers right and then leaving yeah. us with questions with questions yeah. right another question if i may uh diane is just typical diane and even gets a lovely scene with albert on the jet where albert just says her line for her like yeah. yes i know diane uh but when she finally does get service on that cell phone that was blocked on the plane, there's a text that says, around the dinner table, the conversation is lively. And you know who sent that text? You know who sent that text? At yeah. the farm, right? Yep, yep. Mr. C sent that at the farm in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. That was the text that he sent on the pink phone on the Alcatel. So, so she's been in contact with him this whole time, presumably. How's that? Yeah. That's a yeah. big Because she didn't seem like she had been in contact with him when she identified him in the prison she just seemed mad at him but yeah, was I, she mad we thought she was mad at cooper was she mad at cooper or was she mad at mr c yeah and what is that and what does that sentence mean yeah like around the dinner table conversation is lively so many questions so many right. questions and then and then also going back to major briggs and bobby and the the message that they got um the little the the the, the message had two pieces of paper right and right. one of them, one of the piece of paper was uh, an excerpt of all the, like you, Tommy mentioned, all the garbled kind of uh, space transmissions. And it just said Cooper, Cooper, and Hawk said two Coopers. Um, but the other piece of the paper um, had the two triangles, the, t- the Twin Peaks drawing, as well as the dot with two, uh, the, the owl ring kind of design, but similar mm-hmm. to what Mr. C had on the card earlier in the season in the season and it said you know it said 250 yards east of Jack Rabbit's palace um, and then it had the time 253 and the dates 101 and 102 um, and 253 we've seen 253 before right um, so like again the numbers are playing into it and all this stuff and it's just like it, this is like it's on this is like I feel like like we this is it's finally coming you know it's all coming together we're at like the top of the roller coaster right yeah. we're yep. just yeah. about to start going down yep like he's giving them instructions to go into the zone almost. Right. Oh yeah, maybe that's another access point. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good thought. But it's again, it's important to note that two fifty three is the time when Cooper left the Black Lodge earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. When that happened, when 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 Mister C got into the car accident. Remember that was all at two fifty three. Yeah, and and also. Um, uh, isn't two five three area code in Washington? 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, two five three area code. Yep. Is so two fifty three keeps coming. Yeah, it's an area code in Washington. Yeah, it's it's uh, south of Seattle, t- Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah. All right. Yep. yep. So. Anyway, well, uh, we've covered most of the meat of this episode. A few other things we get: Jerry Horn fighting with his foot, uh, <laughs> just super which, stoned in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Jerry stoned in the woods is going to play in at some point too. But we're just we're checking in on Jerry regularly to remind us <laughs> just how stoned he is. Uh, and then Ben, who still just reminds me of David Letterman every time we see him. Uh, ben and Beverly still looking for the source of the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ben even describes it as a monastery bell. And also Ben in a very unben like move. This is uh, indicating that maybe he is reformed, resists Beverly's charms and says, no, I can't do that. And, and she, she says, says, you're a good, good man. I'm like, yeah, he's not a good man. <laughs> it maybe is now. Yeah. I mean, that sound, do you think it has anything to do with Josie? <sighs> I mean, that's the, that's the question. That's the yeah. question. Yeah. Like, I know she's not, I know the the actress isn't slated or on any of the... As far as we know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's almost hip, hip, they called it hypnotic or something like that. Like, um, monk bells, they said. Monastery, yeah. Monastery bells. (laughs) So maybe kind of like the, the woodsman kind of creating that, that, um, that kind of makes everybody pass out. Maybe something's gearing up Something to make related it. to that. Who knows? Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Um, no, but I mean, we've been chasing that for a while since early yeah. episode, early parts. Uh, and same with Jerry. So this is all going to coalesce. I, I feel like a lot of these things that felt disconnected, like I bet Nadine's going to come back into this uh, at some point too. Like, right. I, I think everything is going to weave in, in some way, even, in, even if it's in small ways. Uh, our, we also get a fake out with Gareth Wilde uh, coming up doing some DJing. And then instead of him ending the episode as musical guest, we get a scene with two girls <sighs> talking about penguins and zebras and uh, showing us a really disgusting oh, rash. Gosh, those yeah. girls were gross. They were so nasty. I, I don't know who they are, how they tie into anything. And we've seen we've seen several scenes in these booths at. Uh, the roadhouse and so I've got to assume yeah. that they're all going to be connected in some way but I'm more taken aback by the fact that the DJ started the scene and then we cut to the girls and then Au, Au Revoir Simone one of my favorite yep. uh, a band that I really love that I enjoy playing immediately start playing and listen I've, I, I, I used to be a roadie I've worked in live music before you do not switch <laughs> acts that quickly by the way you do not get equipment <laughs> off the stage and on the stage that fast so. well, he, he, his DJ set was all in a case he just yeah, carried off carried their it's a lot it's a, and normally there's a, there's 20 you, you need people to give people time to go to the bar you got it there's a yep, whole thing yep, right? yep. <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i don't know what that scene at the end in the roadhouse is about and i assume i'm guessing it's going to be tied to richard horn because that's who the last person we saw sure. in that booth yeah. um but i don't know who these and girls they feel are feel like girls that would be carrying on the tradition of uh of laura and uh, Renette. Are you ju- uh, are you judging these girls, Tom? No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> judging in any way. I'm just saying it felt very similar to those scenes of like I show up in the roadhouse and I drink some beers and I get into trouble. Right? Yeah, that yeah. seems to be their vibe. Girls, yeah. lost girls, and and that ties into the 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 Jacques phone call after the epic sweeping yep. scene, right? Yeah. So, um, th- man, this episode really had it all. It was a good episode. It, really it was a really, really good episode, and and I'm still blown away by Matthew Lillard's story about and the fact that him and Ruth went into the lodge and talked to Major Briggs. Like that is yeah. mind blowing. This is a Briggs episode, basically. A big Briggs episode. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, get spell big Briggs without big. And and just uh, other other little notes that that I had was we got a bunch of great Albert zingers. Yes. You know, like th- there was a lot of them. Like like so when when the cop when the the South Dakota cop is explaining the Hastings case and he's like you know the principal of the school is cheating on his wife with the librarian and then they she dies and then and then his wife gets killed <laughs> by their lawyer and and Albert says what happens in season two. <laughs> this is great. He's such a jerk sometimes. Well, and after that that like heart rending 
uh, tearful Hastings seed. Anyone for yeah. fruitcake? Yeah, fruitcake. Anyone? Yep. <laughs> or fruitcake. Anyway, yeah. And yeah. and also bef- before and not not Albert, but before the the interrogation scene, you got a great um, when Diane is outside smoking and looking at her text again from Mister C, and then then Gordon and Tamara, Tamara come out, to Agent Preston come out to join him, and you get this eternity. Uh, oh Gordon, Gordon just looking longingly at Diane and Agent Preston yep. being uncomfortable. I don't think he was looking at Diane. I think he no. was looking at the cigarette. Well, that's what basically happened. And for a moment, I was like, "Oh, do they know? Do they know about her text?" Like I thought they were going to call her out. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, then, it was that was a, a ballet of body language that yes. entire scene. Yeah, yeah, and it just culminates in, in Gordon just wanting a drag of a cigarette. <laughs> uh, All righty, good stuff. Well, um, any any last thoughts about this before we head on down to the roadhouse to check our email? I just I feel like we're going somewhere now, <laughs> like we're we're getting we're getting closer to our destination. How many episodes we have left? Uh, Ten. Nine. This is no, we're less than yeah. Now we're nine nine to go oh, after this nine one. Nine episodes. So, and I think so. yeah, nine to go. And I think Tom, you said we're at the top of the roller coaster. I don't think we're at the top yet. I feel I think I feel like we're still on the click 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 going up the up to the still, top. We're, part. we're still clicking a little bit. Yeah, we're yeah. still clicking right. a little bit. But but you're starting to see the top. You know, like yeah. I, I feel like that's where we're at. <laughs> have, have any of have either of you kind of looked into other like the other um lynch movies just to kind of try to find connections like i'm well well funny i'm glad you asked i've been trying to convince ron that there are deep connections to mulholland drive (laughs) i just watched it today (laughs) right and mulholland drive today the theater that was in part eight Mm -hmm. is the theater in mulholland drive and in mulholland drive you see renette and laura sitting in the audience yeah, and there's even a girl that looks like Laura Palmer in the in the audience. No, no, too. that's her. That is Cheryl. Lee. Is that is yeah. that her? Yeah. Wow. Oh. <clears throat> I didn't realize. Does it say it in the credits? No. Oh, I don't know. That's her though. It I is. Like it's her. her. No, okay. it's totally her. Like I, I, it's been confirmed by other people over the years. Oh, so. interesting. Right, Ron? Yep, it has. So you yeah. and you also have um so it's funny because I hadn't watched it in a while and I just. Uh, sat down and watched it today, and there's so many actors in. So you have the yeah. same guy, oh, yeah. Janie. Um, yeah. Janie. Yeah. You also have um, <clears throat> the storyteller guy that you were talking about. Oh right. Yeah. 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 He's in it, and like that whole. And there's a there's a trash zombie woodsman looking yeah. person out there. Oh, I, I don't disagree that there's lots of similarities. I just really think that it's you know it's it's. Ron takes the rational position that oh I don't know if a director makes a movie he tends to put his stamp on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whether yeah. there are connections. Yeah. Whereas I would like to see something more in there. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think the movie, especially Mulholland Drive kind of does stand on its own because it really oh, is totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. about Diane and her relationship um, with uh, what's her face, like Camille or something mm-hmm. like that. So, but yeah, I see so many similarities to it. And I, I really want to kind of go back through his his um, his movies and, and watch them even more <laughs> kind of find those little hidden nuggets. I'm actually looking for a site, like a website that would like. Seriously, I want somebody just to dig into everything. <laughs> I'm sure someone's doing it. If they haven't, they're, yeah. they're working on I'm it. I'm looking yeah. for it. I yeah. And someone it. will email us about it, and we will forward that email to you, Nicole. Awesome. <laughs> Give it to Speaking me. Speaking of email, call. let's uh, head on down to the Roadhouse. Uh, Roadhouse? Roadhouse? <laughs> what a, you know, I got a little German there. Hoose. Uh, feedback at damnfinepodcast.com is where Steve sent an email. It says, hey guys, love, love, love the podcast. Thanks so much for the analysis and insight. I was wondering if maybe in one episode you could focus just on the fact that David Lynch also plays a big part in the return sound design. He is credited on every episode. The music in his works and the sound design itself is so unique. It really sets Lynch apart as a film auteur. And the way the bands in the return are featured is really outstanding. Seems like it would be worth it to have a special guest on with you guys who knows TV music scoring and could talk at length about Lynch's technique and unique gift. Thanks again. And I'm heading on over to your Patreon page right now. Thank you, Steve. 
Thank you. Well, yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk about David Lynch and the sound design of the show. I, I mean, I David Lynch has always sound sound has played such a big part of it, um, and uh, it's great to, as someone who loves music and sound and stuff like that. I love the bands at the end. I've said that before, but I forget where. I know there was a lot of talk about it in our in our damn fine Slack channel, um, and I forget I can't find the actual source, but I believe David Lynch in a recent interview said that. It's uh, the ideal watching of Twin Peaks: The Return is with headphones, uh huh. So that you can hear everything, you know, the subtleness of, of the of the noises and the the electrical, like the the glitches and things like that. And so now that's something like I actually, much to my girlfriend's chagrin, I watch the show now with the volume cranked because I want to hear when stuff is happening, when there's little like buzzing and things like <sighs> you that. Know you know what? Yeah, my ro- uh, I don't love using the Roku for Showtime for some reason. The app is not as strong. But the easy thing about it is I can plug into the Roku remote with headphones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that might be worth doing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, so I, I, haven't, I haven't fallen to, the, to watching it with headphones as of yet because I want to sit on my couch and watch it. But I have it cranked because I want to hear when the yeah, – like, like yeah. the scene with Ben with the, with the humming, with, the, with that, yeah. whatever that noise is in the Great Northern. So um, love the sound though. Great. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for, going, for supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, and we will uh, we will try to get more about the sound uh, and see if we can dig up somebody like you're talking about to, to comment on it. Yeah, and I, I, I'll, I'll ask around. I know a lot of I know a lot of Hollywood types, so maybe we can find somebody who's <laughs> who works in in, sco- in scores or sound design. So there is something unnerving about the sound that I I don't know about you guys, but yeah, after I watch, I always feel uneasy, like uh-huh. the electricity and like. Just the sounds alone put me in a very kind of paranoid mood. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he does a great job at that. Yeah, he's really good at that. Thank, thanks a lot for <laughs> my, my dreams. Really weird, David. <laughs> That's what he does. Oh, my God. So many weird dreams. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we must let you go and, have, and go to sleep and have some weird dreams, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but Nicole Spagnola, thanks so much for, for chatting over the episodes with us. This was so much fun. I am so glad I got to got a chance to talk with you guys. I, I I really I'm I'm the only person I know that's watching it other than you guys. Well, we'll we'll so, we'll, we'll solve that problem. We'll we'll invite you to our Slack channel so you can chat with some of the other uh, with the supporting patrons and you could uh, there are tons of theories and discussion going on there and you can scratch your discussion itch. So uh, yeah, I would love it. <laughs> Excellent. So Just cool. not like that girl's rash. Don't scratch it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh my oh. god. So and gross. she's serving hamburgers to people. I know. When she <laughs> said that right after that. Oh, so gross um eat any hamburgers for a while (laughs) hey where can people find more of what you're doing online these days well you can find me on twitter uh at nicole spag um i'm also uh, around at lazyelite.com and thewoodwhisperer.com so if you're into woodworking we have some really cool tutorials so. Let, me, let me just say, if you're even slightly interested in woodworking, you should check out Wood Whisperer because he will make you more interested in it. Yeah, we do some pretty cool stuff over there. So even even I like to get in, involved. One of these days you're going to release Josie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Josie. Yeah. From her wooden prison. <laughs> uh, so like I said, ladiesofleet.com, Nicole Spag on Twitter, and woodwhisperer.com. Uh, comment on this episode at damnfinepodcast.com or feedback at damnfinepodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash damnfinepodcast. That's uh, where at a certain level you'll get an invite to the Slack. You can follow us on Twitter as well, damnfinepodcast. Just damn fine cast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash damn fine podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. Tune in next time when we will discuss part 10. Laura is the one. (laughs) Will we see Laura? I don't know. Thanks for joining us again, Nicole. I'm Tom. I'm Ron. 